2: This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an
3: affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
0: Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights.
2: These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
0: And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
3: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, what's going on, man?
4: Man, no, it's good. DJ, we're already week two. I guess it's week two. Is it week two or week three of the preseason? Week two, technically, because the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because Hall of Fame is its own deal. Yeah. Yeah, week two of the preseason, and this is kind of exciting because I'm curious to see how teams are going to play their players. Are they going to play their players a ton in this game, or are they going to wait to week three, to do it. But I know for certain that we're going to see more of the frontline players playing more snaps and that'll give us a better sense of who's who and what's what when it comes to evaluation.
3: Yeah. I'm curious on that front too, just because there's been a lot of joint practices this week. So if you feel like you've got a good look at some of your vets uh, during these two days of joint practices with another team, maybe we don't see much of them in this, in this week two game for those teams that have been in the middle of that. I'm going to head up and watch the chargers and Niners practice tomorrow um, I know what we had Cowboys Raiders going. I know the Jets and the Packers were going with each other, the Bucks and the Titans. Um, I mean, it's, uh, gosh, there's been, who, who is, uh, Carolina's going with, uh, who are they with? They're with Baltimore, Baltimore and Carolina have been going together. So lots of joint practices, which I think are, if you can get a chance, if you're a fan out there and you have a chance to get out to watch a joint practice, get out there and do it. It's, uh, it's as good as it gets in terms of seeing the, the best players go at it. Um, uh, we have a lot to hit on today, Buck. We're going to talk about Jamal Adams' new contract, talk about a, a team in particular, but to broaden the discussion about having the importance of having an identity in uh, one of these teams, absolutely does. Um, also want to hit on something. Before we get too deep into the season, I, I don't know that there's been a year where there will be more teams holding multiple first-round picks than we are going to have in next year's draft class. So we're just going to kind of refresh everybody's memory a little bit about who those teams are uh, as well. What do you think we get started here?
4: Man, let's do it. I'm, I'm really excited about all of that. But let's start off with the Jamal Adams thing because okay. I think this is a really interesting deal. Um, we had talked about Jamal Adams and kind of where he fits as a player. One, how good is he as a talent and a disruptive player? But two, position. Because we're seeing more than ever. We've talked about it. We've kind of been banging the drum for a while about positionless football and particularly on the deep well on both sides of the ball but on defense where we're seeing these hybrid playmakers hybrid outside linebackers pass rushers hybrid safety linebackers jamal adams is one of the first guys to come to the table getting paid like a hybrid and it's interesting to hear how they countered the Seahawks tactics as, A, he's a safety. No, I'm a linebacker because I play in the box and I rush to pass and (laughs) I do all these things. (laughs) Things that used to be viewed as a negative for the position, he was trying to use as a positive to change the compensation and the pay scale for the position. And I think that is impactful for guys coming behind him, like a Derwin James and some of these other guys, and how they will attempt to kind of shape their positions so that their money can get up to the level that they desire
3: yeah it's fascinating so he gets 17 and a half a year got 38 million guaranteed which still when you look at some of you know that's a lot of money but when you look at some of these other defensive players over 20 you know he's not getting paid as you know a a pass rusher would get paid or a premier corner would get paid but he did eclipse the safety market so he got himself out of that box right you know for mm-hmm. lack of a better word out yeah. of that safety box but he's got a good point Buck when you look at him and you say okay if you're just looking at stats, and say so you've got two picks in your career and you've got twenty one and a half sacks. That's that's what you are. You're a you're a line of scrimmage guy like you should be trying to be compensated as such as a line of scrimmage player um, who has some some versatility to move around and do different things. But that's where his impact is made. His impact is made. It's like and I know uh, Palomalo had more picks. But that we've talked about this in the past, like his mm-hmm. impact, his best impact is five yards between the line of scrimmage and five yards. That's where he does his damage.
4: That is where he does his damage. And I, I'm look, I appreciate you bringing up the Troy Palomalu thing because I think it's really impactful because based on your experience with the Baltimore Ravens, yeah. during our time as scouts, Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu were the gold standard for safeties, but they're completely different in yeah. terms of types and dependent upon which one you were around, it shapes your view on how you expect the gold standard safety to impact the game so you were in baltimore with ed reed ed reed's value was in picking off passes and producing turnover worthy plays meaning yep. he would disrupt use your phrase
3: use your phrase because i steal it it's my favorite one what what what, what 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 is he it's a it's a it's a it's a Chris, it's, it's a it's a christmas analogy and oh, it, he's, yeah.
4: a, he's the ornamental <laughs> top of the tree. Reed, <laughs> that's Reed, my favorite. That's my favorite Bucky yeah, Brooks he, line. <laughs> like he, he's the ornament. But he's a pure free safety. He's a guy that, look, roams the middle, can patrol it from numbers to numbers, and he is going to get you, on average, six to eight interceptions a year because of his instincts. Troy Palamala was a completely different player, but great in his own right.
3: He was because, a tree skirt. He
4: was a tree skirt. Yeah, He's down at the bottom. <laughs> He's down at the box. He's blitzing. He's coming off the edge. He's creating plays in a different way. Jamal Adams is more in that mode. So to have a great appreciation for Jamal Adams, you have to have an appreciation for Tro- Troy Palamalu, who's a gold jacket wearer. And yeah. so I think that is the thing that is difficult because we so often relate safety play and efficiency to interceptions. And that's really not Jamal's game. Jamal is an in-the-box playmaker, tackles, tackles for loss, sacks. Those are the things that will reveal his greatness more so than interceptions and coverage ability.
3: Yeah, and I think when you just go back and look at that trade, I do think for where the Jets were in their building process, made all the sense in the world for them to trade him to get what they got, which was a nice haul of picks. And for the Seahawks, if you look at it through the Russell Wilson lens of saying, okay, he is in his prime, we are going to make a run. And of the available impact players, you know, you only get to spend that chip once. You have those multiple first-round picks you can spend that, who you want to spend that on. And they chose to spend it on Jamal Adams, which when I look at, I don't know what other options were there for them. There was no J. I mean, if there's a Jalen Ramsey, I'd say, yeah, go do that. But there, there was nothing like that available.
4: No. And, and DJ, we talked about it and we even think about from a, A defensive trio standpoint, we've talked about when you're building your elite team, you have to have a pass rusher and two additional defensive playmakers. Yeah, they didn't really have a pass rusher per se, maybe it's Carlos Dunlap now, but their two defensive playmakers are Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. That's where they invested, and you have to have at least three to be a very, very competent squad. Well, Jamal Adams gave him nine and a half sacks as a box defender safety, he's around the line of scrimmage. And in my mind, he's a compliment to Bobby Wagner. He's the other linebacker beside Bobby Wagner in their nickel package. And so the way the game is going, where we're seeing these off the ball linebackers making money, Fred Warner, Darius Leonard. I mean, Bobby Wagner has always made a ton. Like now you, you lump Jamal Adam and those types in there. It's a game changer because the game is so cloudy in terms of who plays what and what they're asked to do that we had to see one of these deals come through to really set the bar and set the market for the other guys that are sure to come through the horizon.
3: Can I mention you a name of somebody who's going to love to see where this this range has gone? You mentioned Derwin, and Derwin's got to stay healthy. If Derwin stays healthy, he's going to get paid. He's going to eclipse his Mm -hmm. contract. Mm -hmm. But if you want to forecast out into the future and look at a rookie playing right now, the Jamal Adams role is the JOK. That's what JOK is with Cleveland that's his, that's what he's going to be. He's not going to be a traditional pure, you know, top of the Christmas tree ornament uh, safety. That's not him. And even if you, you know, he can cover a little bit in the slot, but you're not going to ask him to do that at a full-time level. He's not going to be able to do that at a high, high level, but what he can do is you can blitz him. um, You can be a force player. He can make impactful plays at the line of scrimmage, just like Jamal Adams can do. And so this is kind of creating a new pay structure for that hybrid defender. So if we're, we're always going, you get paid off of your position, and then we're saying we're going to positionless football. It's going to make, you know, sorting out the money for these guys going forward is going to be a little tricky.
4: Yeah, it was tricky going all the way back to the original um, dilemma and debate that teams had when it was Jimmy, Jimmy Graham tr- yeah. trying to get paid from the Saints. And he was saying, I should be paid like a wide receiver because I'm split out all the time. And the Saints was No, you're a tight end. And yeah. the money was drastically different for both guys with the tag. I don't know what this position will be for Jamal Adams. I don't know if we call it big nickel, like the big nickel linebacker, the tweener, the hybrid player, but that position has more value. And it's really a necessary position because let's think in the draft, the last couple of years, Isaiah Simmons, Jeremy Chin, J.O.K., Derwin James occupies that role. It's a role that many teams are featuring on their defense, but we don't have a, a, a traditional label. For it. At some point, you have to label it, and now Jamal Adams' deal was set the market for that position. Yep. No, it's fascinating, man. I
3: want to get to a uh, another conversation here that we were talking about offline, and that is this is a, a tweet from Jameson Hensley who's uh, covered the Baltimore Ravens forever. And he said, uh, Kevin, according to Kevin Zeitler, new guard for the Ravens, this is the biggest line I've ever been on. In this league, you need big people who can do crazy, cool, athletic things. Projected line for the Ravens. Ronnie Stanley, 6'6", 3'15". Ben Cleveland, 6'6", 3'57". Uh, Bozeman, 6'5", 3'25". Zeitler, 6'4", 3'15". Uh, Villanueva, 6'9", 3'20". That is a massive, massive offensive line. But it got us into the conversation of, you know, good teams, bad teams. You can say, oh, they're this style of team. They have an identity. Like, that's what it is. You have to know who you are and what you do and what you're about. And to me, the Baltimore Ravens have always been about big people beating up little people, and that, that goes to show you the line that they've put together, which features, by the way, Cleveland's new, uh, Zeitler's new, Villanueva's new. They kind of quietly redid their entire offensive line in the offseason.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now is the time to accelerate innovation.
4: Yeah, they have quietly revamped it. Because, DJ, we can talk about the passing game and the problems that they have, but really the part of the struggles with the pass game had to do with the offensive line. Now, to me, looking at this heavyweight offensive line that they have, it's them doubling down on we're going to run the football I and mean, yeah. move bodies <laughs> off the line of scrimmage. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, we're sure. going to get ballerinas so we're going to be more nimble in the pass game. It's yeah. a full commitment to beating you up at the line of scrimmage to be able to wear you down do it Because ultimately, the way this team is built, they're built on the running game and their defense with Lamar Jackson being the X factor in whatever he can provide as a runner and a playmaker. This team has won a lot of regular season games doing it that way. The next frontier is how are they going to win in the playoffs? And I will say this about Greg Roman and the offense and everyone saying they have to open up the passing game or whatever. Well, they're at a crossroads now. And so it's either... We're going to be so good at what we do that it doesn't matter, or we're going to change and have a game that a game plan that is more balanced that allows us to kind of go in any direction. We will see early in the season what they're working on. I do believe going under center more would enable them to be able to build out a passing game that would probably work better in the postseason than the one that they're trying to use, which is kind of RPO-centric and that stuff under center gives them an opportunity to steal some of the stuff that the Browns, the Titans, uh, the Vikings, and some of these teams that have used Shanahan like systems have been able to do to make the game easy for the quarterback. Yeah.
3: I just think of like Steve jobs uh, getting up every day and being like, wow, I have this, I got this really cool Hawaiian shirt. And he's like, Black turtleneck, it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's like... <laughs> oh, baby! Uh, Merry uh, uh, Christmas! We get you a new shirt!
3: Ah, yeah, I think I'm going like to stick with the black turtleneck. Yeah, I'm going like to go with that. Yeah, black <laughs> turtleneck
0: every
4: day. It works for me.
3: It works. Yeah, that, that's, that's like the Ravens. the Ravens. They got some they got some flowered shirts. They got. They put them in the closet. But when it's time to walk out the door when the regular season starts, black turtleneck. Let's go.
4: And and, and it's, it's something to it because... It's really hard, right? Because we can lob on the outside. Well, they need to change or whatever. But then when you look at the regular season record, yeah. it's hard. It's it's the postseason. And that You can make
3: an it. argument in even like the, the one playoff game against the Chargers. They lost because they tried to put on the flower shirt in the postseason. Like, they what are you doing? They, That's not they you.
4: Didn't, no, they didn't, they didn't stick with the recipe of how they play. And so you can't really judge them until I see them play the way that they play in the regular season where they're overly and stubbornly committed to grinding yeah. the ball and pounding it down people's throats
3: yeah so uh, anyways I thought that was interesting just about the Ravens and just in the greater sense if you look at your team you're a fan of whatever team it is do you does your team have an identity and and what is that identity and there's certain teams you can look at and say I know exactly who they are that's going to be a challenge this year for some of the teams in a little bit of a transition period the New Orleans Saints I don't know what that identity is going to look like with this football team
4: what are they DJ we we said it for years and you played in I mean, you were scouting in a division, the AFC North. You can close your eyes. If I say, hey, Pittsburgh's coming to town. You know can exactly close your what you're eyes getting. and you have a, a vision of what's coming. When Baltimore is on the schedule, you know, hey, when Baltimore comes to town, it's going to be this, this, and that. You were also a part of the Ravens when it was the old Baltimore-Tennessee rivalry, right? Oh, yeah. The oh, Titans. yeah. You know exactly what you're dealing with. To me, the best teams in football have a brand that you know Right out the gate, you can sense it. You can feel it. You know, hey, they're coming to town, and it's going to be X, Y, and Z. And if we're not ready for that, we're gonna get hit in the face, and we're gonna lose the game. That's what you want to create.
3: Yep, and that's why it's it's going to be fascinating with some teams like the Indianapolis Colts, like the Saints, new quarterbacks. What is their you know What does their team look like? Um, in this upcoming season, the Chicago Bears could have a drastically different identity. You know, if they end up putting Justin Fields out there, that changes things and who they are and what they're all about. So that to me is fascinating. And you look at a team like the Cleveland Browns know exactly who they are for once in a long time. We we they have an identity. We know who they are. That's got to be
5: encouraging.
4: It is encouraging. What's beautiful about what the Cleveland Browns are doing. I love what Kevin Stefanski is able to do in terms of ignoring the noise. Right. Because the noise tells you like, well, you got Baker Mayfield. Are you going to build this thing around him? And he's like, no, he's a part of it. He's a cog in the wheel, but we're built to play a certain way. And when we play a certain way, we elevate the quarterback. And so I love that and the identity that they have. They are a rough and rugged team. And as you're building that out, I think it just helps to have the front office and the coaching staff in lockstep.
3: All right, Here's uh, here's the next thing I want to get to here, and that is I was just looking at this the other day, and I was kind of, I just kind of forgot about it, With the draft being in the rearview mirror was how many teams we saw trade future picks. I know we talked about it at the time about teams that feel like they're close and really you can overvalue back in first-round picks because really pick 20 and pick 55, you're not really getting that drastically a different player. So if you can go out and get a proven commodity... Um, go get them, and that's what we've seen happen with you know with the Stafford trade we just talked about. Jamal Adams, we've seen it with mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of these guys. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, the Ra- the Rams been a part of a lot of them. But here are the teams that are going to have multiple picks next year. So if you're a fan of one of these teams, friendly reminder, you need to pay attention to the team you you own their first round pick. So if you're a Giants fan. You're paying attention to the Bears. You're probably hoping the Bears are going to stick with Andy Dalton and, and try and ride that out a little bit, uh, <laughs> slow that train down. So your Giants, that that is to me has the probably the most likely of a top ten pick um, that the Giants could end up getting here from the Bears. The Eagles potentially could have three. They could have their own. They have the Dolphins, which you know we'll see how Tua develops, but that's probably going to end up being a middle middle of the first round type pick. The Eagles also will hold the Colts' first round pick if uh, if you end up hitting the play time there with Carson Wentz. I think it's 70 75% of the snaps he's got to play. Um, it looks like he's on track to be back. So um, they could end up with three, but I don't know how high those picks would be with the Dolphins and the Colts being their extra ones. Uh, the Jets have the Seahawks, you know, again, for the Jamal Adams trade. Um, the Dolphins, they, um, they have the 49ers. So they lose their pick to the Eagles, but they pick up the 49ers' first-round pick. And then the Lions have the Rams first round pick. So there's a lot of teams with multiple ones here coming into next year.
4: Yeah, and we understand that is currency. That draft capital, when you have multiple ones, it gives you the opportunity to do a bunch of different things when it comes to building the team. The Eagles are interesting to me because the quarterback scenario. Jalen Hurts is being trotted out there as the franchise quarterback. And it would be a great thing if he ends up being the franchise quarterback for them because then they can take those picks Whew. and direct him to other areas. But it also is a built-in insurance plan in case he isn't the guy They can go and maybe find one in the draft, and we can talk about the names, whether Sam Howell or Spencer Radley or any of the other guys that may emerge. You like to have that a building. And did, I think we've talked about it. Every draft year we talk about maybe making a move with your second-round pick to give you a potential first-rounder the following year. So you yeah. always have the opportunity to maybe have two first-round picks that you on just, a yearly basis on a yearly basis just just kind of hanging hanging yep. in the bank account that you can use in a variety of different ways whether it's trade off make a trade at the trade deadline it just gives you options and we've seen some teams really really utilize that because draft weekend that's how it goes if I trade you a two I typically get a one in return yeah you know it goes up it goes up around so. I like it. I like what some of these teams have done to kind of stock the cupboard with options to give them a chance to best build the team that they want to build.
3: Yeah, it's just interesting to kind of forecast out into the future of some teams that, you know, might be on the verge of getting things going and then also going to have some extra picks going in the future. So a chance to really springboard and uh, and, and flip their organization. So keep those teams in mind. Uh, the other thing I want to hit on here, Buck. New places, uh, new faces, new places. Mm-hmm. just I, i'd be curious if you just take a couple guys pull them out of the pile here that are going to a new team we've talked so much about the rookie quarterbacks and, and the performance of the rookies here early in the preseason some of these guys we won't see in the preseason i i know it looks like sam donald's going to get a series or two uh mm-hmm. coming up here in their preseason game against the ravens but which which stock would you buy of these new veterans and new places
4: okay now this is insider trading info but i would say If I'm somebody in the fantasy world, I would buy Marvin Jones just because I understand what Marvin Jones has done for the room with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Marvin Jones coming over from the Lions, knowing Daryl Bevel's offense, he has kind of stepped into that leadership role. And because there's not a true number one receiver already established, DJ Chark is viewed as the number one, but he's not a true, um, I would say a traditional number one receiver. Marvin Jones could be the guy that ends up leading them in receptions and catches. Because he knows where to do and he has a chemistry and a connection with the rookie quarterback that you can see and feel when you watched him play.
3: That's a good one, man. I, I think for my my first one, I this is obvious, but I Matt Stafford, I don't see how he he doesn't have a monster year. I mean, I just don't. I, I you know, I think the Cam Akers injury, maybe they put a little bit more on his shoulders than they would like to, but I just think it's such a friendly system, and he's got guys that can separate and get open, and he's such a gifted thrower. I mean, I, I know the division's loaded, but at, you know, it may maybe the expectations, but are the expectations going to be too big for a guy who was 1-1, who, who took over a team that was winless? I mean, he, he went to an 0-16 team as the first pick in the draft. Like, that's pressure. That's all yeah. on your shoulders. This is going to be nothing compared to that.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or
6: wherever you get your
5: podcasts.
6: Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures with the available iForce max hybrid powertrain you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
4: Well, it should, be, it should be a good thing for him. The, the, what I do worry about with the Rams, I worry about the running game because Cam Akins, to me, was, he was going to be in line to have a monster year as a runner-receiver. He's going to take a lot of pressure off Matthew Stafford. Now it is almost like he falls back in Detroit, but maybe with a better play caller and Sean McVay. And so more passes, more things where they have to get the ball out of his hands, and maybe a little more under-center game run game and play action passing game to create some big plays. The one thing we can't dispute is his arm talent is ridiculous. His ability yeah. to push the ball field should add another dimension to this offense. It's just, can they be balanced enough on, with the running game to keep defenses from completely teeing off on number nine?
3: Yeah, no, it's interesting. I'll give you another pick here. Who's another guy you would, you'd go in on. You buy him?
4: Well, well, I would, I would buy both of the tight ends for the Patriots, John o. Smith and Hunter Henry. And I would buy in on both of those, regardless of who the quarterback is, be it Cam Newton or Mac Jones. If it's Cam Newton, if you go back and look at Cam Newton doing his MVP season,
6: number one receiver
4: is Greg Olson. He has always been at his best when he can find the tight end because the tight end is the easiest throw. It's right over the middle of the field. It works for him. So now you give him two, it, it should be easy money for Cam Newton. For Mac Jones, Mac Jones, those are the easy throws. Mac Jones doesn't necessarily have the arm talent to consistently push it to the boundary. So now more of the passing game should be directed inside the numbers. And so if they're working inside the numbers, I think John o. Smith and Hunter Henry should be the primaries. And it just gives them the opportunity to run more 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends in a variety of different formations to allow their tight ends to work. And actually, their tight ends are more talented than their receivers they should be prioritizing the passing game more so than the guys on the outside.
3: Yeah. And I think Hunter Henry's out for a couple of weeks with a shoulder, but he yeah. should be back. He should be back and fine. I think Johnny Smith got a chance to have a, a really, really big year there, no matter who the quarterback is. So I'm with you on that. Um, other, other new name in a new place. I mean, we mentioned it. I mean, I feel like I'm taking some low hanging fruit here with the quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by Sam because I go back to the Sam Darnold evaluation in the run up to the draft and how much, I loved his play and loved what his ability, I loved his competitiveness, all those things. Now, he didn't have the 3 P's that we always talk about yeah. uh with the Jets with the play caller, playmakers and protection. And I know the protection's probably not elite in Carolina, but he does have some playmakers, he's got a good play caller and just a fresh start for him. So I I'm encouraged there. I haven't seen him yet. We'll see him in the preseason uh, this coming week to see what it looks like here in this offense with, with Joe Brady and Sam Darnold. But I I think I I would label myself as cautiously optimistic.
4: I think here's the thing. If Christian McCaffrey is healthy, it will be the first time that he doesn't have the pressure of having to carry the offense by himself. Christian McCaffrey being healthy, a guy who has been in two clubs, 1,000, 1,000 and 1,100 in terms of, uh, rushing yards in either receptions or receiving yards, he gives them a difference maker. And with the ability to utilize the screen game, the RPO game, they can put more layups in this offense than ever before. And when you think about your quarterback, if we talk about the magic number being 20 to 25 completions, I would like to see eight to 10 of those for Sam Darnold on some kinds of screens or quick passes designed to get the ball out of his hands. I don't want Sam to always have to shop at the intermediate to deep ball. (laughs) Like I would like him to get some easy ones so he can see the ball going to hoop. Because if he begins to string together some of those completions, then he'll feel more confident he'll let it rip when he pushed the ball beyond 10 yards.
3: Yeah, the uh, the other two I'll add here to my list, I I would add, seeing Carl Lawson up close in person there with the Jets, he's going to have a really good year. Mm -hmm. Especially Quentin Williams coming back. I think Quentin Williams is back practicing today. Quentin Williams is healthy. He's probably uh, one of the top three defensive tackles in football. Aaron Donald is in a space all by himself, but you could say Quentin Williams ability-wise is right in there with that next group with Fletcher Cox and whoever else you want to throw in there. Um, but I, I would buy that one. And I, I, to me, I know that you know the, the Raiders have been trying to find some pass rush and get Max Crosby healthy this year. He was not healthy last year. But I do think Yannick Ngakwe is a nice compliment there. In a division where teams could be throwing the football quite a bit, I think Yannick Ngakwe on the opposite side of a healthy Max Crosby could have a really good year.
4: Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe is interesting. The big thing for Yannick Ngakwe, are they good enough on the inside to be able to stop the run so you can get to passing downs, favorable passing downs, meaning third and seven or more? Because now you can pin your ears back without having to worry about draws and delays and those things. If they can win on early downs, stop the run, then Yannick Ngakwe can become a problem. The issue for the Raiders has been they, couldn't be, they hadn't been able to stop the run consistently, and they couldn't stop the ball from flying over the top of the defense. Yeah. So now if they can stop the run, they have a simpler coverage scheme and package under Gus Bradley. Now it's about the ability to hunt the passer, but it starts to stopping the run. They do that. Yannick Ngakwe could be a major factor as a pass rusher.
3: All right. Anybody else you want to throw in the mix?
4: No. Some guys that I'm cautious about that I would worry about. Two guys, J.J. Watt, because he's older in Arizona – You just don't know how that's going to play out. Can they put him on a pitch count? If they put him on a pitch count, 30 to 35 snaps, where he can kind of do his thing, freelance a little bit on the inside, he still has the potential to wreck shop. If he's playing beyond that that number, I get worried. And Orlando Brown in Kansas City, I'm a little worried about him in Kansas City because of how often they throw. And if he's taking on the challenge of playing left tackle for a team that wants to throw it over and over and over again, and he's having to retreat more than come forward, I think he could be exposed. Some of the lateral quickness issues that maybe we talked about a little bit when he was coming out of Oklahoma, I worry about those things kind of being spotlighted in that situation.
3: Yeah, I I do want to revisit one last thing before we get out of here, and that was I I hinted, or we talked about it the other day, about – Jacksonville making sense for them to trade Cam Robinson, right? And just you have got Walker mm-hmm. Little, let him start, trade Cam Robinson. Man, when you look at the salary cap situation around the league, there's just not many teams that could swallow that number, you know. So no, it's big. It, Yeah, it sounds like I mean it's a good theory. You let the young guy play, trade the trade the franchise player, but um it's just not many teams in in no, that in that mold.
4: That's what, that's why I would expect them to reshuffle the deck chairs. So if yeah. this is a love boat, they can move the deck chairs around, but Walk a little. I would anticipate being in the starting lineup when they kick it off week one. Yeah. He's, he's just really, he's just really good, DJ. Like he's just, he has just been really, really good for them. I, I call him a training camp all pro. And when, <laughs> you see, when you see him, he not only looks the part, but when you see him in one on ones against people, like he 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 blots them out. Like he yeah, he, he looks like a pr- a premier left tackle should look.
3: Shout out to Duke Mannyweather, by the way, who's our our buddy that does a lot of work um, with just training these offensive linemen. And to me, when I look out there and see Slater with the Chargers, who didn't play at all, who, who was an opt out last year, and I see him jump right in and playing at a very high level. I think he worked with Walker Little as well. Um, he's worked with a lot of these rookies and a lot of these reports you're hearing about these rookie offensive linemen, uh, Creed Humphrey, uh, Quinn Miners, all these guys stepping right in and and playing well. Mm-hmm. He has really filled a void in the, the development process where you had the gap between college and the NFL. And he has utilized that time, which is normally the months, you know, for the training, for the combine uh, to get these guys ready. With, with over this, the pandemic, this was almost a full year where he got a chance to, to work with these guys. And hats off to him. Hats off to those guys for working their tails off. Because by most accounts, all these rookie offensive linemen that are going to need to play this year are seem like they're ready to go.
4: Yeah. I, Duke does a great job. And the fact that he did it, I don't know if you noticed, he like, he, I think he popped both patellas. I know he in a, did in a, in a, in a power competition. And so he still has been able to work with those guys, but he does, he does an excellent job of getting guys ready to play and ready to perform. And the fact that Rashawn Slater was able to kind of jump right in the lineup and doesn't look like he, he's missed a down from the fall. No. Like he has been terrific. And there are a lot of guys that have gotten with Duke and they just, into the technique and they become very very i mean become better players
3: yep so anyways free free commercial there Duke didn't pay me anything for that i want to i want that known i just uh, a free infomercial there
4: he's not gonna fly you to dallas and let you do anything take you to the steakhouse yeah no i got up. i go
3: out there all the time to see uh to see my daughter out there but uh no i'm not looking for a free dinner uh just free free uh promotion there for duke all right, anyways, that's going to do it for us today, Buck. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here?
4: No, man, this is fascinating. I can't wait for us to talk again on – is it Monday or Tuesday?
3: We'll Tuesday. be back Tuesday. We'll be back Tuesday with plenty of uh, of week two to recap. So look forward to seeing that. Again, I'm going to go out and watch some joint practice with the Chargers and the Niners, so I'll have a little something for you from there as well. Um, that's going to do it for us. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks.
2: Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.